Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Daily. My name is Yanja Nicola. I'm the host. And if you are a new listener, thank you so much for being here. I hope you like the show. I hope you stick around. I hope it fills up your cup. I hope it's juicy enough for you, all the things. Okay. And if you're an OG listener, hey girl, hey, hey boy, hey. So excited to have you here tuned in listening to another episode of Manifest Daily. Y'all, I just recorded that intro like five times and I honestly do not know why. I feel like whenever there's a pause in like me recording, aka in real life I feel like it's been a minute since I've recorded aka it's been literally a week but it feels like it's just been longer than that and then I hop on the mic and then I feel like I just don't know how to speak anymore I'm like hey guys and it's just very awkward for me to have to record the intro like five million times so here we are hello my loves welcome back so excited to have you guys here it is currently Monday October 4th okay as we're recording I feel like as soon as it gets into October I'm thinking about pumpkins I'm thinking about Halloween I'm thinking about hocus pocus I'm ready for some flannel I don't have any flannel in my closet right now so I feel like this warrants a trip to some store to pick up some sort of flannel jacket or flannel like long sleeve because I really want to get into the season of fall this year aka I do this every single year but I mean this year just feels like I really want to get into the spirit of fall maybe it's because I'm in Dallas and like it's still literally like 90 degrees these days so it doesn't feel like fall to me and I just want something that makes me feel very cozy so for me it's it's the flannel, it's the hot cocoa. I tried to Instacart some cocoa powder yesterday because I was like, I wanna make hot cocoa, but like I also didn't wanna go outside to like get hot cocoa or I didn't wanna go to the grocery store. Love that literally everything in my Instacart order, like it was like five things came except for my cocoa powder. Apparently they had to refund my cocoa powder. So I just didn't end up making any hot cocoa yesterday. So that was really sad, but I did have some nachos and those were really good. Guys, can we also talk about this thing that's happening right now in Texas? I have to tell you guys about this because I am so freaked out. So this morning I'm at the gym, I'm getting in my car, I'm like getting ready to leave. And I see this like white thing floating in the air. And I've been seeing a bunch of them lately. And honestly, I, with my naive self, just thought that it was pollen. I'm sitting here like, okay, it's just pollen, whatever. Like, you know, annoying, but not, you know, harmful or anything like that. I literally look it up because I'm so curious, you know, curiosity killed the cat as we know. And I look it up and I find out that no, it's not just pollen. Apparently, these are literal baby spiders being released into the air and floating around and just like landing and just living their best life. So 
I am quite traumatized. Like, I won't even lie to you guys. I came home. I parked outside. Like, I have a garage, but I never use it. So there's that. But I parked outside and I sat in the car for 10 minutes, voice noting my friends, trying to figure out how to find the courage to run to my front door. Like, that's how traumatized I was. Eventually, I got to my front door. I got inside. And then I realized, oh, wait, Kona has to go outside to pee. So that was a whole nother 30 minutes to work up the courage to go outside to take Kona to pee. The whole time I'm like hurrying him along I'm like Kona can you can you just like use the bathroom can we you know get this going because there are spiders in the air floating around and I just I clearly am terrified of spiders because this whole ordeal like this whole figuring out what these things are has now changed my entire outlook on the outside and really I'm just quite afraid so I'm hoping it's a seasonality thing if you're from Dallas if you're from the south and you know what I'm talking about and you know like if this stops soon can you please let me know I'm, I'm very afraid to like Google anything anymore. I went to try to Google it again. I saw things that I did not want to see. And I, again, just traumatized. So that's kind of where we are. That's the the vibes this morning is fair. I'm trying to like get over it, you know, but I don't know if I'll fully get over it, but I do have to get over it to some extent because Kona does have to go outside regularly. So there is that. Anyways, my loves, today we are chatting all about the energetics behind hookup culture. I'm really excited about this episode. I don't know about y'all, but I do feel like hookup culture or the discourse around hookup culture is very prevalent in our society. I was going to say today, but I feel like it's been prevalent for a little bit. And especially with the addition of dating apps to our world, which they've been around for a minute now, I do think that's kind of added to that. And I wanted to really do some research and explore one, the actual science behind like hookups, the history behind hookups, things like that. But then also looking at it from an energetic standpoint. And this is an episode that is going to be geared towards kind of explaining hookups, the energetics behind hookups. And then also for those of you who do prefer to engage in like hookups or use Tinder, things like that for hooking up, I wanted to also get into how you can safely do so, not just like from the physical aspect, because we all know, you know, keep yourself safe, okay, with protection and all that stuff, but also from an energetic standpoint, like how you can go into these encounters and keep yourself energetically protected. So it's going to be a really interesting episode, at least I think it's going to be interesting. I have a lot of notes and I'm really excited to get into this one. I think it's going to be very fun. going to be very similar to our law of attraction versus law of assumption episode where I was like spitting facts and stuff like that. Y'all already know. I said I did my research. Okay. If you are ready to jump into that, go ahead, grab your tea, grab your water, grab your tequila. I don't know what time it is on your end. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. Okay. And let's go ahead and dive into today's episode chatting about the energetics behind hookup culture. off by diving into the history of hookup culture a little bit. This by no means is a super, super detailed history of hookup culture. So if you are looking for that, I would definitely encourage you to do your own research. But I wanted to give us kind of like a brief understanding of the history and dive into that a little bit. So according to the American Psychological Association, hookups became more frequent. That's a hard word to say, frequent in the 1920s. So cars were becoming more available. There were new means of entertainment and young adults were basically able 
able to explore their sexuality a little bit more freely. Instead of being at home all the time, they were able to go out, they were able to explore, they were able to really test the waters and try new things. And also in the 1960s, feminism and feminist views became more widespread. There was also the rise of birth control, which also became more readily available. So this basically gave rise to people being more able to engage in sexual activities, sexual encounters without the fear of getting pregnant. Feminism and feminist views also becoming more widespread just basically enabled women to engage in sexual encounters without this stigma behind it or not even without the stigma because obviously the stigma is still there even present in this day. But I would say it was less of that stigma, right? Because women were sort of encouraged, like the feminism movement sort of encouraged women to explore their sexuality a little bit more and to say, go out and feel empowered to try new things and to essentially learn more about your body in this way. Pop culture has also played a huge role in the rise of hookup culture. So we see this discourse super present in books, media, songs. It is something where sex and the idea of casual sex is so heavily discussed that we've also just become really desensitized to it. If you ever listen to any of the songs on my trap playlist, girl, you know some of them songs, okay, the rappers, the way they talk about sex, the way they talk about engaging casual sex, it becomes something where you hear it so often that this idea of hookups or casual sex doesn't become something that's sort of like looked at sideways anymore. It's sort of like this is in some ways very, very normalized for our culture. So hookup culture can be seen as positive because it does encourage sexual exploration and it does encourage and empower both women and men to try new things, to try new partners, to kind of find out what they like and to also have these sexual encounters that fulfill a physical need without necessarily having to have the emotional attachment to someone. But it can also be detrimental and that is with anything in life, you know, you got your positives, you got your negatives and hookup culture definitely has a sour slash negative aside. Hookup culture can promote feelings of isolation among young adults, especially those who don't prefer to engage in casual sex. Especially if you go to like college and you feel like everyone around you is hooking up, everyone around you is on the apps, everyone around you is doing certain things, you might feel a little bit left out or left behind if you don't want to engage in casual sex, if you don't want to engage in hookups. And this can be really, really detrimental, especially for those younger adults in those formative years that I spoke of. So college, even high school where I think a lot of this pop culture and the discourse around hookups and hooking up and things like that is becoming more prevalent in the younger years. I remember when I first went on Tinder, I was a junior in college and I think it had been around for a little bit then at that point and it was something that people in college around me were using, but I was like new to it that, at that point. And now the idea that like people are on Tinder in high school, like it is, it blows my mind. Like people literally lie about their age and go on the apps just to be on there, just to kind of, again, have access to others who are available and ready to and willing to engage in casual sex. And I think that that can be a little bit, you know, detrimental. Like you're at a very young age, your brain is still forming, things are still happening with you, with your physical growth and getting into something like, you know, hookup culture and getting on an app like Tinder, I think can be a little bit detrimental to your development. But that is just my opinion. And I 
I think there's probably been research around that, but I don't have research for that particular opinion of mine. But yeah, so it can be detrimental in that way. So let's chat about the dating apps a little bit because they play a huge role in hookup culture. And especially if you are someone that is engaging in hookup culture and you are looking for partners, hello, the apps are kind of the way to do it because you can be very, very upfront with what you're looking for there and find people who are looking for essentially the same thing. Dating apps are super helpful for those of us who don't get out much. I've talked about this before many times that that's kind of where I found pretty much all the dates that I've been on since I've moved to Dallas because I, y'all, I stay at home, okay? I'm a true homebody. I don't know what you heard about me, but I be at my house and I be at the grocery store, I be at the gym, I be at my house. And so for me, dating apps are super, super helpful because I can go on there, I can find people, I can match with people, I can say, hey, let's go on a date. Or maybe I don't say that, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. They can lead to dates. But in the same way that apps are used for people who may be more introverted, who maybe don't get out much, who maybe don't have a huge or wide network like some others, because I know a lot of people find their partners through friends of friends, things like that. They can also be a really great place for people to find hookups. So we know about apps like Tinder that are predominantly known for the role that they play in hookup culture. It is super, super easy to swipe right, swipe left, to match with someone and to initiate a sexual encounter and to sever the relationship post hookup. It becomes something where it is so, so easy that, you know, I would also argue that the dating apps have sort of normalized the culture of ghosting as well, but that is a whole other episode and a whole other deep dive into that because I think that has profound psychological effects both on the person that is ghosting and sort of normalizes that behavior for themselves, but also on the person that gets ghosted often. I do think that that has like psychological effects down the road. But anywho, apps have essentially created a way where we can initiate temporary connections for the sake of temporary pleasure. If you think about what a sexual encounter is and the nature of a hookup, it is in essence for you to get this quick and temporary sexual release that your body is craving because hello, we are human. But it is also something where you don't wanna have that longer term emotional effect. I also think that there are people out there because I have personally seen people on the apps who based on their bio, it seems like they have been hurt in the past from emotional encounters. And so they've decided to cut themselves off from the emotional encounters. And instead of deciding to find a relationship or going to another monogamous partnership, they have decided that they're going to engage in just the sexual encounters themselves to get that physical need met, to get that sexual release, but to protect themselves from the emotional connections. I do think that's valid. I think that right now it is a struggle uh, and maybe I shouldn't be affirming that and I'm working on not affirming that for myself, but it is a little bit hard to date these days because again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, A lot of people on the dating apps aren't true about their intentions of why they're there. And then also, like I mentioned earlier, we have just really, really normalized this practice of ghosting so that just the human decency of telling someone, hey, I am no longer interested or I don't wanna keep talking or whatever the case is, that has been cut down to the point where I don't think many of us even expect for people to tell us that. We just expect people to ghost because that's kind of what people do. And it, again, does have a profound psychological effect. It is harmful, I think, on us. What's interesting though, is that the people that are looking for the temporary connections on the apps are mixed in with the pool of people that are looking for longer term connections. And that can also be detrimental because you know you may encounter someone who has one very clear intention, but they aren't upfront and honest about their intention. And so that's where you also get this thing where 
where dating apps can kind of also facilitate miscommunication amongst people and their intentions on these apps. And it can lead to a lot of hurt, a lot of frustration, a lot of struggle within the online dating world. According to an article from CBS News, it's estimated that about four to 5% of people living in the United States are currently participating in what's known as consensual or ethical non-monogamy. So this is basically a practice where the partners maintain more than one sexual or romantic relationship with each other's consent and knowledge. So I've also seen this on the apps as well, where you'll have a person who says, hey, I'm in an open relationship and I'm looking for another partner. Or you'll have a couple who are saying, hey, we are looking for someone to be a third, someone to engage in a threesome with us. And we both are okay with it. We both know that this is what we want. And so we want someone who is okay with that, who is basically aware that this is the relationship that they are sort of getting into. So I'm not here to argue for non-monogamy or to argue against non-monogamy because I honestly don't care what y'all do as long as you are being safe, as long as you are practicing safe sex and practicing being a good and decent human being. I don't think it matters what makes you happy. Uh, Again, as long as you're not hurting anyone and not hurting yourself. But I do think it is interesting to note that the rise of non-monogamy has basically also helped to introduce the idea, normalize the idea that sexual relationships can be with multiple partners. I think before we, at least I know growing up, especially kind of being familiar with God and the Bible and things like that, the idea was always of a man and a woman, right? Man and a woman in a partnership. And then I think we have, as a society, become more open and aware that there are other types of relationships, other types of love that exist besides just heterosexual man and woman partnership. We have gone beyond just looking at maybe homosexual relationships or even other types of sexual relationships. I know there are multiple different sexual orientations out there. I cannot name them all right now. But I also think it's interesting that we are getting to a point where we have normalized uh, partnerships that don't just involve monogamy, which I think is good because again, it does help people who are interested in other types of relationships to kind of feel like they are more accepted, to feel like they are more seen, things like that. But I also wonder if the normalization of polyamorous relationships have also contributed in some way to hookup culture, whether that be in a negative way or a positive way, right? Because again, from what I understand about polyamory, it's not necessarily that you are um, just out here sleeping with anyone and anyone, right? Or anyone and anyone, anyone and anyone. Y'all, y'all know what I'm trying to say. But it is the idea that you are in a relationship of some sorts with multiple people. A little bit more like you have more love to give, right? And you are loving other people besides this one monogamous partner that you have in your life. Now that we've talked about hookup culture, we've talked about the dating apps, we've talked about this idea of polyamorous relationships becoming more normalized. I want to get into the energetics of sexual exchange because that's what we came here for, baby. We came here to talk about the energetics. Before we talk about the energetics, though, we need to talk about this process called sexual transmutation. Now, I have touched on this process before. I did an episode all about how you can use an orgasm to manifest. This was a very controversial episode, I will say. I actually 
actually had a blog post on it and I had a pin. And when I tell you that was my most clicked on pin on Pinterest. So let's get back into the process of sexual transmutation. The reason I bring up that episode is because when I talk about something like manifesting using an orgasm, it's essentially the process of sexual transmutation at play. So sexual transmutation is the process of converting sexual energy into some other drive, motivation, energy, or something else. So it's basically taking sexual energy and converting it to something else. And especially again, when we talk about the process of manifesting by orgasm, and again, there's a much, it's that I feel like just me saying that like really condenses everything that I talked about in that episode. There's way more to manifestation as y'all know by now than just thinking and, and having something come to be. There's like action and all this other stuff. But essentially the idea is that energy can either be created nor destroyed, right? And so the idea is that you are taking this very, very powerful energy, which is that of sexual energy, and you are converting it into something else and converting it and creating it into something else, right? Some people may want to label this process of sexual transmutation as magic, or I don't even know, but simply the process is just an energetic transformation. Like I said, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It simply changes states. And the process of sexual transmutation is the process by which we use the energy in its sexual encounter, sexual uh, energy to convert or transform into something else that of which we prefer. So we need to talk about sexual transmutation as we talk about energetics in sex, because sex is a very powerful process. It's not just a physical process by which we gain pleasure or have a temporary moment of pleasure. It is a process where there's a lot of powerful energy at play. And that powerful energy can be transmuted into multiple different things. And one of those things is actually when we talk about something like soul ties. And this is where I think a lot of people get into the fear of sexual, casual sexual encounters rather because there's this idea of creating soul ties. So according to certified sex therapist, Dr. Andrea Blaylock Johnson, I didn't want to mess up her name. Okay. A soul tie is a connection with someone deeply embedded into your soul. So according to psychologists, the term soul ties may simply just be a spiritual simplification of the chemical and hormonal process that takes place during and after sexual intercourse. But despite the fact that there are a lot of hormones, a lot of chemicals at play when we talk about sexual intercourse, not all partners actually develop this like chemical process or develop this like bonding before and after sex. And not all partners may feel super emotionally connected and bonded to their partner that they've just had sexual intercourse with, which definitely explains why some people like myself can't really engage in casual sex because they just feel like they create bonds with people and other people feel like they can because they don't necessarily feel a connection with the person that deeply after engaging in sexual encounters. A soul tie may be something where you feel connected on a deeper level. You feel like someone is super familiar to you after a short period of time. You feel like they showed up at the right time in your life. And this can also be something that creates an unhealthy attachment to someone. So it is important to figure out whether or not you are healthily attached to someone, right? Where you have that like natural occurring response after sexual encounter or whether this is a toxic and very dangerous attachment to someone where you may feel really, really close with them when in reality you are not. And it's just the, essentially the sexual encounter that's created that feel of that bond. And that's why, again, I was talking about the process of sexual transmutation because one of the things that sexual energy can 
can transmute to is that bond with someone, right? You can bond with someone instantly after a sexual encounter. And if you are not in a place where you want to bond with that person or where you can handle a emotional bond with someone, it can be very, very detrimental to your spiritual, emotional health if you are bonding with someone that you don't intentionally want to bond with. And again, that's why we talk about the power of the energy involved in sexual encounters and how you need to really just kind of be aware of that power as you enter into these sexual connections. So even with that, we can kind of dive into the science of attachment with sex. So there is, again, I was talking about the hormones and the chemicals and all that good stuff involved. So in 2012, researchers actually found in the study that couples in the first stages of romantic attachment had significantly higher levels of oxytocin than their unattached counterparts. So oxytocin is a hormone that acts as a neurotransmitter. It basically plays a huge role in reproduction. So in females, this hormone triggers labor it triggers a release of breast milk and in males it helps to move sperm along so when you are attracted to another person right you know you see somebody cute or whatever your brain releases dopamine serotonin and those levels increase in your brain but oxytocin is also produced and this can cause you to feel a surge of positive emotions towards that person this is kind of why when you see someone that you feel you're really attracted to or when you have a positive encounter with someone that you're attracted to you feel good inside these are sort of like the love hormones, the happy hormones, the things that people kind of feel high on when they are in love, when they are feeling attraction, all that good stuff. But oxytocin is also the hormone responsible for connection and responsible for bonding. It is released through touch, both the non-sexual and the sexual kind. So when we talk about sexual intimacy, right, we realize that sexual intimacy doesn't necessarily have to be through physical encounter. Sexual intimacy and intimacy in general can occur in different ways. And that can also cause oxytocin to release as well. A study found that oxytocin produced in the brain of a woman during sexual activity plays a role in forming a monogamous bond with her sexual partner. So again, if we're going to kind of linking the sexual transmutation and linking that with the actual chemical and scientific process that is occurring in our bodies during the process of a sexual encounter, there is the release of all these hormones that is allowing us to create this positive encounter, this positive experience with the person that we are having a sexual encounter with. So I say all this to say that sex is a powerful process. We know that because from the actual sexual intercourse process comes children. We are literally able to birth new human beings to create and birth new human beings from the process of sex. And I think that just goes to show how powerful the process is, not just in the actual like world, right? And the fact of like creating more of us, but also in the process of creation. So when it comes to casual sexual encounters, it is really important to protect yourself during these encounters because they are so powerful. I'm not saying that you shouldn't engage in casual sex. I understand that we are human beings. We are animals. We literally have this innate drive and need especially I know for me like uh, when I go through my cycle when I'm ovulating that need feels even more uh, increased so if you identify as a woman and you have the process of ovulation that you go through each month I am sure you can identify with that increased need or that increased feeling of need around that time but we are human so I don't necessarily want to shun that process I think again as long as you are not hurting anyone and you are allowing yourself to engage in these encounters in a very safe and 
and protected way. There is nothing wrong with that, but I do want to encourage you guys to do some research on how you can protect yourself during these casual sex encounters. So one of the things that I have or one tip I have for you guys is to sage your home and yourself after a hookup. I think this is really, really important because saging yourself just allows you to cleanse yourself energetically, especially if you have someone coming into your home for this. Sage your entire home. Just make sure that it is cleansed energetically after this person leaves your home. Literally do it every single time. Also saging your body, cleansing your body, and just making sure that you are cleansing your vessel energetically and spiritually after one of these casual sex encounters is just going to help you be a little bit more safe. A lot of people also like to do baths. So if you are more of a bath individual, I would say having a bath before you go into this encounter and setting your intentions about what you want this encounter to be. And then after the encounter, having a bath, cleansing yourself physically, but then also seeing a couple affirmations over your body and your vessel and allowing yourself to cleanse yourself spiritually after the encounter as well. Also set your personal boundaries going into any sexual encounter, whether it be casual or not. This is really important. I think sometimes we go into sexual encounters and our our walls kind of come down, right? You're in a very vulnerable space. You're in a space where you are naked physically and spiritually and emotionally. Before you go into those encounters, have a clear idea of what your boundaries are for what you want to experience physically, experience emotionally, and then communicating that to your partner very clearly so that they also know what your boundaries are. Set those boundaries with yourself as well. If there are certain things you know you won't do or you don't want to do, set those boundaries with yourself so that if you are put in a situation in the sexual encounter where that comes up, like, are you willing to do this? Do you want to do this? You can kind of recall that boundary that you set with yourself and hopefully the boundary that you made clear to your partner. So you're both on the same page. I think that is a huge thing. While you can cleanse yourself with sage and you can do your bath and stuff after, it is really important to also set those boundaries and set those intentions before you go into the counter to avoid any of those moments if they should come up. Obviously, we want to make sure that we are using protection such as condoms for a physical barrier. This is not just for your physical health, but this also just creates a barrier between the skin to skin contact, which I think is really, really important. And the last tip I want to give here is don't engage in casual sex if you are expecting something serious to come about it. There have been many situations, obviously, where people go into sexual encounters, they're friends with benefits, things like that, and they have these long-standing relationships, sexual relationships with a partner that eventually turns into their romantic partner, maybe their boyfriend, maybe their husband, whatever. That is definitely a thing, not saying it's not possible, but what I am saying is just be very, very cognizant of the fact that if you're going into a sexual encounter, you shouldn't be doing it with the idea or hope that someone basically starts to see you in a romantic way after that because of the sexual encounter. I can only speak for myself as a woman, but I do know that I personally have heard stories about women going into situations like that and having sex with a man in hopes that he would sort of see them differently or in hopes that he would pursue them as a romantic interest. And oftentimes it has backfired. So I would say just don't engage in casual sex if that is not something that you want to do for the sake of doing it, if that makes sense. Like if you're hoping that it will lead to something else or do something else, I would say just don't, just avoid it altogether because you are setting yourself up for possible disappointment there and also putting yourself in a place where you're on a different page than your partner potentially. And that I think can lead to a lot of miscommunication, a lot of just 
Just a lot of messiness, okay? Just a lot of messiness. I hope this episode wasn't all over the place. I feel like I had my notes in a certain order and as I was going through, I was like, oh my God, I wish I like switched the order of these. Like this does not make sense. But I really hope everything made sense and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode because it was a little bit different and then, you know, I'm getting the hang of doing researched episodes and kind of bringing in other like science or facts or history besides just kind of my knowledge and my experience because I do think it's important for us to kind of touch on the history of the science wherever it is applicable to kind of get a better idea of how to practice just better self-love self-care all those good things in our life in the day-to-day but I want to end off by saying that casual sex is not bad we have this very black and white world sometimes where we want to kind of put things in one camp of this is good this is bad casual sex is what it is it's casual sex and I like I said earlier if you are doing something where you are not harming anyone you are not harming yourself and it is making you happy by all means go ahead and do that thing and for you if that is casual sex like I said by all means go ahead and do your thing I will just say make sure you protect yourself make sure that you are aware of the power of the process that you are engaging in I do think we can engage in casual sex and protect ourselves emotionally spiritually energetically all those things and and leave that encounter totally fine totally okay but I do think you have to be kind of aware and cognizant of how powerful the process is and how to protect yourself going into the process. We do all have needs. We are all humans and we all want our needs met. So for some of us, the idea of casual sex just isn't the way to go simply because of that emotional attachment that I mentioned earlier, right? The hormones release, all the things. But for those of you who do choose to engage in casual sex, like I said, by all means, your thing, just be really, really safe about it. Be honest about why you are going into this encounter and what you hope the result of the encounter is. Just protect yourself, again, physically, emotionally, spiritually energetically all the things i hope you guys enjoyed this episode like i said i'm still getting the hang of doing these episodes with notes and research and things like that and we will continue to get better this is just a new chapter if you will of manifest daily okay so i want to thank you so much for being here for listening to this episode please feel free to give me feedback if you have any on instagram stay tuned for a giveaway we have a giveaway coming up very 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 soon so i'm actually doing two giveaways so one of the giveaways will be for youtube when we hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube right now we are at 500 so we're halfway there I really hope that you guys subscribe to YouTube if you watch videos like don't feel free or don't subscribe if you like don't care to subscribe like obviously like I know you're gonna do whatever you want anyways but I would say I want people on YouTube who definitely are like myself and like watch a ton of YouTube videos. So if you like vlogs, if you like just like home videos, if you like random sit down videos, makeup videos, I'm planning to do some of those. I'm gonna also do like a skincare routine, that kind of stuff. Definitely feel free to subscribe to me on YouTube. I'm doing a giveaway again once we hit a thousand subscribers there. And then for the podcast, I'm doing a huge giveaway once we hit 500,000 downloads. So we are very, very close to 500,000 downloads. I want to say last I checked, we might be like 100,000 away, which sounds like a lot, but the growth so far has been really, really amazing. So I feel like we are going to hit our goal of 500,000 downloads sometime around the holidays. I want to say like maybe Thanksgiving, possibly earlier. And I'm doing a huge, huge giveaway for that. So I asked you guys on Instagram what kind of stuff you wanted in the giveaway. I took notes, I took screenshots, and I will be trying to include as much as those different items as you guys mentioned. I want to thank you guys so much again for tuning into this episode. I very, very much appreciate you. Thank you for rocking with me for this long episode and also for all the other episodes. Make sure to find me on Instagram, follow. It's always linked in the show notes. I will chat with you guys in the next one. Bye, my loves.
Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. 